Well, if you can make your way to your seats, we'll go ahead and get started. Well, like we always say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, he is risen indeed. Let me be one of the first to wish you a very wonderful uh, Resurrection Sunday or Happy Easter and uh, tell you that uh, we are excited to have you here with us, joining us, whether you're here in person or watching at home online. Uh, if you're still in your pajamas at home, I won't judge you as long as you don't judge me for my tie. <laughs> We've been uh, working on a series of sermons called The Way of Jesus. And, you know, I considered doing a different uh, topic or a different sermon today for, to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but the content of today's message fit in so perfectly and wonderfully with what today is. I just want to continue moving forward with this. We often talk about Jesus and what he did for us, and it's an amazing day. You know, oftentimes as pastors, we look at Easter Sunday and Christmas as being the Super Bowl of church, right? Um, That was ruined for me when I was in college when my uh, sociology teacher asked me and compared in front of a class of 500 people that church was no different than the Super Bowl. And after I heard that, I'm like, it is different than the Super Bowl. And he said, well, not really. You prepare all year for one game, one day, and it's exciting. And you might get dressed up, and you might have bigger crowds, and you might have those types of things. There's an excitement to it. But what happens the following week? And I said, the Lord is still risen the next week. That's right. It was interesting because I, uh, I went to Kent State University, and I had this conversation. My, um, I, I, I have to just say my sociology teacher honestly didn't know how to deal with me (laughs) because he was sure that, in fact, he told me uh, that it was my choice to have my religion, but it was a silly choice of mine is what he told me. And he proceeded to tell me why religion and why a relationship with Jesus Christ was fruitile, if you will. And I began to share with him my feelings, and I said to him, I said, listen, I will take this class, and I will pass this class, but I will not believe anything that you're saying. I just want to let you know that when I'm done with this class at the end of this semester, I will gladly forget everything that you have said and store other information in its place. And he looked at me and goes, that's probably one of the best answers anyone has ever given me about this question. And I said, well, I'm glad that you appreciate that because it's true. And he asked me this particular question, and I wrestled with this question for a while, and he, he, he said to me, he goes, what is the big deal about your relationship with God or the daddy in the sky, as he often would call it? Sky daddy, yeah. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, sir, have you ever sacrificed anything for anyone in your life? And he goes, well, I guess 
I had, uh, he'd been married more than once. I think it was three times he'd been married. And he goes, I guess I would have sacrificed once for my wife. And I said, which one? And he said, he looked at me and he goes, you're not supposed to know that. And I said, well, it's on the internet. I can find anything about you. And uh, I said, plus, all you have to do is go to the dean's office and they have a full listing of who you are. And he said to me, he goes, I don't know that I've ever sacrificed anything for anyone. And I said, well, do you know that there was someone who sacrificed everything for you? And I said, the reason why my relationship with the Lord is so important, the reason why I celebrate Easter, the reason why I celebrate, the reason why I stand in front of you today is the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for me. And he proceeded to try to sway me from that decision and those thinking by saying, well, it's a sacrifice that we would all make for someone. And I said, no. Said if you're standing before a gun and the gun was pointing to your head and said, you either have to sacrifice for me or die, or I die, which one would you do? And he said, well, I'm sorry, I really like you, Jason, but uh, I would probably let you die. And I said, exactly. I said, Jesus, on the other hand, stood on that cross, and he had a choice of whether he wanted to go to that cross. He had an opportunity to do that, but he chose to sacrifice his life for us and to die upon that cross. See, on Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus has risen from the grave, that he has come forward from the tomb, and that he has lived his life. But there is no Resurrection Sunday if there wasn't a cross. There is no cross if there wasn't Passover. And there is no Passover if there wasn't a Jesus who gave himself to be all of those things. Today, we celebrate what Jesus did coming forth from the grave. But do you know what Jesus had to sacrifice for us to celebrate this day? Jesus had to sacrifice many things for us. In fact, if you look at this term sacrifice, Webster defines it as an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. See, a sacrifice is when someone takes the place that you were supposed to have. You were supposed to be on that cross. You were the one that was supposed to be taking your last breath. You were the one who was supposed to have the penalty of that death. But Jesus took it for us instead. I want to celebrate today the full meaning of Resurrection Sunday, but I also want to celebrate what Jesus did for us and the sacrifice that he made for you and I. See, it is a great sacrifice when someone should or ought to lay their life down for another. Scripture tells us that often you might find someone who will lay their life down for a family member or someone very close to them, but for someone to lay their life down for someone they don't even know or lay their life down for a complete enemy. One of the hardest things about Easter and celebrating not only all the way from Monday, Thursday, all the way through Good Friday and Silent Saturday and into Resurrection Sunday is to understand that regardless of what you do today, Jesus still died on the cross for you. Regardless of whether you're here at church celebrating, Jesus died on the cross for you. Regardless of whether you even care to wake up on a Sunday morning that is called Easter Sunday and come to church, Jesus still died for you. Regardless of whether you were the person that was hanging on to that hammer and pounding the nail into his hands, 
Jesus died for you. You okay there, Corey? Okay. <laughs> Someone scare him. <laughs> Lane is pregnant. Oh, there you go. No. <laughs> See, Jesus sacrificed his whole entire life for us. And it's an amazing thing that he gave up, just not only his life, he gave up. Do you have, do you, I think that sometimes when we visualize who Jesus is and what he did on the cross for us and how he gave his life for us, we visualize this God who has no feeling and he can overcome all of these things and he can go through all of these things and not suffer and do all, any of these things. But do you understand that Jesus cried tears of blood and agony in the garden because he didn't want to die on the cross for us? Do you understand that as they drove the nails into his hands that there was pain and suffering that he felt? Do you understand that as he hung on the cross, every last breath that he took in and out was so painful that he could hardly stand it? Jesus was fully human, which means that he had fully human pain like you and I. Jesus sacrificed so much for us And today, we get to celebrate that sacrifice. But we have to, in order to celebrate that sacrifice, to understand what Jesus truly did on the cross, we have to first understand the very sacrifice that he made. Let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing day that we call Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate you and what you do and what you did for us. It is a celebration, Father, certainly it is. But Lord, I pray today that today, not only can we celebrate, but can we fully understand and grasp the sacrifice that you paid for us. And so that we can, instead of just celebrating this day in the typical way, that we can have a profound respect for the sacrifice you made for us and what it means for you to be alive today with us. Lord, help us today. Open our ears, open our minds, open our senses so that we can hear from you and that we can understand what you would have said. Holy Spirit, we ask you that you just come and reveal to us through these scriptures the sacrifice and love that Jesus has for us. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you, Lord. I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words today, Father. We glorify you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to go back to the Old Testament and talk about this amazing verse. See, Isaiah walked this earth hundreds of years before Jesus even came to this place. Yet some of the very words that Isaiah speaks not only tells about Isaiah, Isaiah 9, for example, tells us about what Christmas is going to be all about. It gives us that he's a wonderful counselor, almighty God, prince of peace. We go through all of those things. Those are all of these wonderful things that makes Christmas such a special time. But Isaiah didn't just stop at Christmas and the birth of Christ. He also understood that there are many other prophecies that he was given that he must speak about Jesus' death. And so Isaiah 53 says that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he was esteemed, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. See, there are several sacrifices that Jesus made for us. Some of these are spelled out here in Isaiah 53. But we must understand these very things. These very words that Isaiah is giving to us are amazing words because they're showing to us the sacrifice that Jesus is going to have. The very first sacrifice that Jesus had for us was the lashes he took. Isaiah 53 says that by his stripes we are healed. Now oftentimes we have used that verse to pray for someone who is sick, saying that by Jesus' stripes on his back we are healed. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what this verse is really saying is by the lashes and the, and the uh, pain and suffering that Jesus is going to take, he's going to heal our broken heart, our separation that we have with God the Father. Did you know that Jesus was whipped 39 times? Why 39 times? Because the 40th time they, the Roman soldiers had felt and had believed that at the 40th time he would die, that people would die. And so instead of lashing them 40 times, they would stop short at 39 times. Now this lashing wasn't just, you know, how many of us as fathers have had our kids, you know, we come home and the mom has, the mother has told your kids, or mom, your wife has told your kids, you wait until your father gets home, right? And you get home and the mother tells you what's going on and you know that that belt has to come off or, so, well, I shouldn't say that because now I'm going to get called into child production agency, right? I'm talking about spanking your children, right? But some type of punishment has to be formed. And when I was my age, my father used to tell me all the time, you know that I'm going to spank you. It hurts me more than you. I just want to let you know I love you, but you must be punished for what you did. You did something wrong, and now you have to learn that there are punishments and consequences to those actions. And so he would pull out his belt, and he would always take this little belt, and he would crack it like this, and, and I'd be like, oh, great, here we go, you know. And then the funniest thing my father would do, only one time did I think my father ever actually put some force into that spanking. The rest of the times my father would take it and he would lightly tap me on the backside. And he'd go, now if my mom was really mad, I hope you're not watching mom, but if my mom was really mad, he'd go, now you need to cry so your mom thinks I really spanked you hard. <laughs> so I'd walk out of the house going, oh, that hurt, I can't sit down. And my dad would go, you're selling it a little too much, son, slow down. <laughs> Truth of the matter is that those lashes were much different that Jesus took. Those lashes weren't just a leather belt on his behind. They were whips, and inside those whips were crushed pottery and glass and other things. They're called cattails sometimes. And what those would do is as they were whipped, it would scourge or lash his back. And so 39 times he took these lashes. The punishment was a punishment that Pilate and the Jewish people placed upon Jesus. But in all reality, this punishment was for us. 
See, Scripture makes it very clear that by these lashes we are healed. We are healed by our transgressions and other sins through the stripes on Jesus' back. We are healed because of the pain and suffering he took. He knows when we suffer, when we are sick with something, he knows the suffering and the pain that we face. And so he can relate. He, well, God is God and Jesus is Jesus. He can relate to us at all, but he wants you to know that he was fully human and he can relate to anything you have. It, I find joy, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't joy might be a wrong word to use, but I find comfort in knowing that the Lord has understands the pain that I go through. Miss Tanya, unfortunately, is at home with a migraine headache. Miss Tanya, we're praying for you, praying for healing for you. But do you know God, Jesus knew the pain that Miss Tanya is feeling right now? There's no scripture that tells me that Jesus had a migraine, but Jesus had to deal with Judas. I'm sure that might have caused a migraine. Jesus understands the pain and suffering that we're going through because he went through pain and suffering. This was one of the sacrifices that he made for us. But can you imagine, even beyond the lashes, do you understand that this is, this is the Trinity? This is God. He's part of the Trinity. He is here on this earth. And he is willingly giving himself to the captors to allow them to beat him. He is willingly saying, I'm going to take this beating, not because these people are more powerful than me, not because they can make fun of me, but because I'm willing to take these lashes for us, for all of us in this room. Jesus made great sacrifices in his life for you and I. Understanding the pain of these whips and these lashes are just one of them. Isaiah 53, verse 12 says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. See, I think one of the other things that we don't understand is that Jesus sacrificed himself in death. Jesus chose to sacrifice himself. When we think of Good Friday and Easter, we think of how Jesus gave his life for us. We think of the price he paid on that cross. But I don't think that we fully understand that Jesus gave way more than his last breath on that cross. He gave way more than that for you and I. It is very important to understand this, but Jesus lived a very sinless life. He, there was not one sin that was on his body. He did not suffer. He did not, he did not fall to temptation. He did not uh, fall to the whims of Satan. He did not do any of those things. He was a sinless man who died on the cross. Why is that so important? It's important because Jesus was fully human. So it wasn't just, again, oftentimes I think, again, we think of Jesus as being God here on this earth, which he was, but Jesus was human, which means he was tempted. He was hungry when the devil came to him in the desert and said, if you just say these things, I'll give you food. Jesus felt pain. He didn't want to go and die on the cross, but he did. Jesus had way more than what we think. See, it wasn't that he was, he was supernatural, he was God, but he was also fully human, which means that he suffered through all of these things. And so not only did he give his last breath, but he gave everything that he had for us. That included the separation of his power. 
you know, Corey talked about Iron Man and Captain America and, and uh, you know, how wonderful it is and to think about that storyline in the movies and, and all of those things. But could you imagine having all of that power, all of that ability, and just setting on it? Just not doing anything. Allowing to have the uh, crown of thorns pressed into your head and having the thorns pressed all the way into your skull, ripping your, the, the skin on top of your head. Take it from someone who's bald. It's not fun to cut the top of your head. It hurts. Jesus paid all of these. He made all of these sacrifices. It wasn't just that he gave his life. It wasn't just that he died on the cross, but he gave up the power of who he was. And then to, top on, to go on top of all of that, for him to die as our supplement, to, for him to die as our, as our uh, sacrifice, as our uh, lamb on the cross, if you will, what he had to do was he had to separate himself from the Father. You know, not once in his life was he ever separated from the Father until the day that he died on the cross. The day that he died on the cross was the very first time that he was completely separated from God the Father. All of his life here on this earth, we find him praying to his father and his father responding and and speaking back to him. By the way, that's why when you pray, it's a communication with God. It's a two-way street. It's not just one way. God wants to respond to your prayers as much as you want him to respond to your prayers. And so when you ask, spend time in prayer asking for him to respond, because that's what Jesus did. But Jesus was separated from his father for the very first time. Could you imagine never being separated from... I, listen, I, I remember the day that I took my daughter to college, eight hours away. And building up to that time, I think I cried like every day for the week before. I take her eight hours away and I drop her off and I'm crying as we're carrying the stuff into her house. I had to wear sunglasses because, you know, I'm a cool dad. I don't want anyone to see me that I'm crying, right? And then I sat there and we tried, I tried to come up with every excuse I could to stay there and to spend this time. Why? Because this was for the first time, my daughter's going to be way away from me. And the pain and suffering that I felt, I remember driving home. I think my wife and I drove eight hours crying the whole entire time all the way home. We got home and I get out of the truck and I'm trying to get, overcome all of the stuff. And I walk into the house and I walk past my daughter's bedroom and I start crying again because my daughter's bedroom was empty. The separation that you feel from a loved one when you've never felt that separation, that is the pain and suffering and sacrifice that Jesus made because for the very first time, he was separated from God, his Father. They had never been separated before. And not only was he separated, but God punished him and cast upon all of our sin upon his life. All of those things. Jesus made an amazing sacrifice for us. See, but there's, what I want to do is I want to start to understand the reason why he made, this, made these sacrifices. Romans 5, verse 6 through 8 says, For while we will still, why, no, let me try that again. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For once, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus made all of these sacrifices for us. Every one of the sacrifices that he made, from dying on the cross to separation of his father to taking the lashes on his back, all of those things were for you and I. All of those sacrifices were for you and for me. Jesus wasn't concerned what you did. Jesus wasn't even concerned what you're doing today. Jesus didn't look upon that cross and say, I'm dying for everyone except for Pastor Chaz. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Chaz. You're right there in the middle, man. You're right in the, you're right in the aiming line here, okay? And I'm too polite to call you now, you know, so... <laughs> No, but seriously, Jesus didn't just die on the cross and say, I'm calling every, I'm dying on the cross for everyone except for this person, except for you. No, he didn't say that. What Jesus said is, I'm dying on the cross for all. Yet while we were still sinners, Jesus died on the cross for us. What that means is that why he was dying on the cross and he's suffering, he's doing that for you and I. Not just the Roman soldiers that were around him, not just the people during that time, but for all of us. It was a sacrifice, an act of love that he made for you and I. But here's the most wonderful thing. That sacrifice, that act of love was done because he loved us so much so that he didn't want us to pay that price. He didn't want us to have the lashes on our back. He didn't want us to have eternal separation from God the Father. He wanted us to be reunited with our Father. He sacrificed his life even to death, so we did not have to. But I'm going to ask you a question. Today is Resurrection Sunday, and we celebrate this time, and all across the world, or in churches all across, there's many people. I I was teasing with Corey because I told him, I said, I had this vision of coming in here, and we were going to line up all of these Easter lilies here, you know, up on the front of the stage, and... and, uh, I said, Corey, I, actually, you know, next year I'm going to ask you to sacrifice your life just like Jesus did, right? And we're going to have Easter lilies up here, all right? No, I'm not kidding. I wouldn't, he's, Corey's allergic to pollen, so we would not have. So we sacrificed the vision of these Easter lilies with these wonderful fake flowers behind us. But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus loves us, and his sacrifice was an act of love. But we celebrate today, not only that he sacrificed all those things. See, Jesus could have done all of the things that he just did, right? He could have sacrificed his life on the cross. He could have been there on the cross. He could have went through the lashes. He could have done all of those things. And what good would it have done? Absolutely nothing. The reason why those sacrifices and love and all those things he does makes it so wonderful today is because he is risen. He is alive today. He came forth from that tomb and he walked out of that tomb. And when he walks forth from that tomb, not only do we have a man who sacrificed, not only do we have Jesus, our King, our Savior, who sacrificed his life, who took upon the lashes, who still has the holes in his hands and in his feet, by the way, who comes forward. See, an act of love by someone who is dead is a memory. 
an act of love by someone who is alive is called being loved. There's a difference. A memory is past tense. Being loved is current. I'm not an English teacher, so help me out with that, whatever that word is. <laughs> Present tense. That means it's today. That means it's still happening. It means it's still here. The reason why we celebrate Easter, the reason why we should be so excited to celebrate Easter, this is the reason why often people say this is the Super Bowl of Sundays. Does, is this the only Sunday that it matters that Jesus rose? No, next Sunday is as important as it is this Sunday that Jesus rose. But we celebrate today not only the fact that Jesus has arose, but we celebrate the fact that he went through all of the sacrifices he did. And because he's alive today, he is loving us through those sacrifices. It's an ongoing future tense. It's not a past tense. It's not something that has happened in the past and we no longer look at it moving forward. No, every sacrifice that Jesus made for us means that we can take another step forward in our relationship with Christ. It means that we can go forward knowing that Jesus loved us so much that he took the lashes upon his back. It means that when we suffer through migraines and we suffer through pains and suffering, when we kick our husbands too hard and break our feet, Chrissy, oh wait, uh, she didn't kick her husband. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I want to start any rumors. But when we suffer through pain and suffering because we have to wear a cast, right? We know that Jesus understands that because his sacrifices were real and he's still alive today. <clears throat> when we suffer through depression and we are saddened by the news of the world today and what's going on in our lives, we can look towards him and say, he still loves me today. And he'll still pull me out of that. When we are having difficulty in relationships and we have difficulties in the things that we do, maybe it's our, our relationship with our wives, maybe it's a relationship with our kids, maybe it's family members that we're having problems with and relationship issues with, we can say that Jesus is still with me and he's loving me and he's walking with me today because he is alive. See, the sacrifice that Jesus made means so much more today because of Resurrection Sunday. The sacrifices that he made for you and I, the things that he did, mean so much more because he is alive today. The question is, are you serving a God who is alive? Or are you serving a God who is still in the tomb? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. <coughs> Jesus sacrificed his life even to death so we did not have to. The question I want to ask you today, though, is are you willing to sacrifice your life to him? All of the sacrifices that Jesus did meant absolutely nothing if we don't have Resurrection Sunday. There would have been great things that Jesus did. There would have been things that we talk about Steve and I are both history buffs, and we love, to, we love to have conversations about battles of the Civil War and other things that happened in history, and we'll often review those things and talk about those things, and even some of those things. I mean, when we look back to the Civil War and we look back to all that has happened in our country, we are thankful of those sacrifices that men and ladies have made over the years. And we talk about those things, and those are wonderful things to talk about, but you know what? At the end of the day, they're history there's something that happened way many years ago why are they history because 
those soldiers are no longer around. In fact, their families, families, families are no longer around. So the sacrifices that they made may still mean something, and they do. It still means that we live in a free country that we live in today and that we get to enjoy what we are doing in this very time. But they are history. The reason why Jesus' sacrifice means so much more to us today is because his love was so great for us that even through his sacrifice, he knew that it wasn't enough. He had to come forth from that grave. Do you know that Jesus is the only You can go and study any world religion you want to. And there is no savior in any world religion that is back alive today except for Jesus Christ. He's the only one, as you look at, Buddha is gone, Muhammad is gone. You can name any religion, world religion you want to list. They're all gone. They've all died. They're all history. Jesus Christ is the only one who proclaims to have risen from the dead. And when I say proclaim... It's not only does he proclaim it, but many other people proclaim it too. And it's not, listen, I had someone ask me the other day, keep plucking along if you don't mind, as long as you don't break another string, okay? I had someone ask me the other day, and he said, how do you know this is true? How do you know that Jesus is still alive? How do you know that he is still walking this, you know, it's still alive? How do you know that the story wasn't made up? In fact, Scripture tells us, if you read uh, any of the apostles' story, that the Jewish leaders made up a story. And they had the soldiers, they paid off the soldiers to go forth and say, listen, when someone asks, where is Jesus? Tell them that his disciples came and stole the body in the middle of the night. And so this man I was speaking to asked me, he goes, how do you know that that story isn't right? So that's a great question. But I said, but if you and I get in an argument and we start to fight, and we're out in the middle of public, and you pull a gun and you shoot me, I live, but I take you to court. So what am I going to call? Because, well, if there's someone that saw it, you're going to call a witness so that they can share their testimony, their story of what they saw. I said in the, in the law book of the government today, how many people does it take to make a man guilty? <laughs> and he said, well, today takes a thousand, it seems like. And we were arguing back and forth. I said, well, maybe to some cases, yes. I said, but in general, what happens? He goes, in the witness of two people, Two people, the person that received the crime and the, and the person that saw the crime happen. Do you know that you can go to jail for the rest of your life? You can be, you can be killed. You can be um, executed. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Of all of those things, because of an act where only one other person saw you do that. What if I would tell you that hundreds In fact, they believe the number to be somewhere near 340 and up to 500 people actually saw Jesus alive after he was resurrected from the grave. Do you know that if you would take to court the story of Jesus and his resurrection, every court in the the history of America would pass that and say, he is alive. He was resurrected. So I ask you this question. 
asked, I was speaking to this man, I said, if I'm, if I can send you to jail for the rest of your life just based upon one other witness, why don't you believe enough to say, and you would be okay with that, then why wouldn't you be okay if I tell you 500 people, up to 500 people saw Jesus alive? The man looked at me and he goes, I don't know. I can't explain it other than that's what happened in history. <laughs> that was many years ago. I said, you know what? There's a lot of court cases that are tried and won based upon the history and testimony of something that happened many, many years ago. Jesus is real. He really did rise from the grave. He really did come forward. And all of that matters because of the sacrifices he made for us. Because the sacrifices he made for you and I weren't just sacrifices that are now gone and they're part of history. These sacrifices are real. And they're ongoing and loving. Will you stand with me, please? Perhaps you're here today and you've never allowed yourself to accept the idea that Jesus sacrificed all of these things for you. Perhaps you're here today and you've said, it's nice to come to church and celebrate with people and to be happy and to do all of those things. But I've never allowed Jesus to be truly who he is. I've never once thought that Jesus was real and the sacrifices that he made for us was real. I never once thought that Jesus was resurrected because he loved us and he didn't want us to remain alone. If that's you today, may you understand the sacrifices of his life, but more importantly, the resurrection of his life, meaning that those sacrifices were acts of love that are ongoing. That Jesus loves you regardless of of what you have done, what you have said, or what you will do. There is nothing on this face of this earth that you could have done that would make Jesus not love you. Nothing. Jesus loves you so much so that he's willing to sacrifice for you, even though you may not have until this, hopefully this day, believed in him. Jesus loved you so much so that even though in the midst of your wrongdoings, in the midst of your things that you shouldn't have been doing that you've done anyway, that he said, I'm still going to die in that cross for you and I'm going to love you. If that's you today and you've never celebrated, then this is, this is the greatest day ever. This is the Super Bowl if one person would come and give their life to Christ. <laughs> that means more than any Super Bowl. I would pay more than the millions and millions and millions of dollars that they pay to have commercials on the Super Bowl to have one person come to know Christ. See, Jesus lived a life of sacrifice for you so that you didn't have to. The only sacrifice he's asking you to make is to give your life to him to accept what he did on that cross for you, to accept the fact that he has truly risen from the grave, to accept the fact that he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be alone. May today, in a moment, we're going to pray and I'm going to ask you, if you're here today, you've never made that commitment, that today would be that day that you make that commitment.
Perhaps you're here today and you've said those words. You've had a relationship with Jesus at some point in your life. But somehow those words just don't seem as much as they used to. Somehow those sacrifices seem to have slipped from your mind and don't mean as much as they once did. Perhaps you have allowed the world to take over your thinking and you've allowed the issues and the trouble of the day to ride and to rule in your mind. Then may I encourage you to understand that Jesus' love for you is as real today as it was that first day that you accepted him into your hearts. That Jesus loves you as much as he did the very first day. And even though you may not be serving him the way that you should be, he still loves you. And he still wants to have a relationship with you. And he still wants to sacrifice for you. And he still wants to show you the love that he has for you. I'm honored to pray with you this day. And every day for that matter. But especially on the day that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. But will you pray with me please? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the sacrifices that you made, Jesus. How you willingly gave of your life how you willingly took a beating for us, the lashes, the cuts, how you willingly then carried your cross on your back that had just been split open 39 times. How you willingly spread your arms open on that cross, allowed them to nail into the palms of your hands, and into the ankles of your feet. How you willingly allowed yourself to die on that cross for us. How you willingly separated yourself from your Father so that we could have a relationship and never be separated from Him. But Lord, we thank you not only for all of those sacrifices, but we thank you also here in this moment in time that you came back to life. And that regardless of the history that has been said, you are still here today loving us because you're still alive. It means so much more to us that you are alive and that you know what we go through and that you're walking with us and that you're there beside us. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you that I know that when we are in pain, when we are suffering through this life, that you are there beside us. Lord, thank you so much for rising from the dead. And we celebrate today with you the fact that you are alive today. And by that today, Lord, I pray for those that are here today have never given their life to you before. They have never accepted what you did on that cross and the sacrifices that you made for us. May today be that day. Romans 10 verse 9 says, for those that need to say this, I want to ask you to just say it. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, that means if you say, Jesus, you are my king. And you believe in your heart. That means that you believe that what he did on the cross was more than enough for you. You confess your sins. You can have everlasting, eternal life. What that means is that we can just simply say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. You are my King and my Savior. And I need you in my heart. Come today. Be with me. 
If you've said those words and it's been a... Then welcome. Welcome into the kingdom of heaven. It's not a better day and a better way to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ by accepting him and what he did for us. But Lord, I also want to pray for those that may have at one point come to know the Lord, have come to know you, to know that you are great and you are awesome and that you are wonderful. But somehow that story, those sacrifices have weaned and and have grown old in our minds and in our hearts. And today we find ourselves struggling with life. We find ourselves struggling with jobs and finances and relationships and all of those things. Lord, it is by your lashes that we are healed. It is by your pain and suffering that you took on the cross we are healed. It's through all of those things that we know that you love us and we're not walking this path alone. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are here today that are suffering through those things. That you would make yourself known like you've never made yourself known to them before. May they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are there and that you are loving them. And that today we celebrate our risen Savior because of who you are and what you have done. Lord, we glorify you. We honor you. We praise you. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we sing this worship song, I want to just tell you that the altars are open. You know, oftentimes, I think we feel embarrassed or weird to come forward and ask someone to pray for us, but Pastor Chaz may judge you, but I will never judge you. (laughs) Just kidding. He won't judge you either. I love him. I love him. Sorry. We won't judge you at all. We want to ask you to come forward and and have an opportunity. I know this man's heart, and I tease him all the time, but I can say I know this man's heart, and he would want nothing more than to pray with you and ask the Lord to help you in whatever situation you're having. And so if you have any prayer requests as we sing this worship song, why don't you come forward? Don't be embarrassed. Don't let your neighbors think that you're (laughs) judging them or you... They're judging you. Either way, they're not. This is a loving environment where we just want to pray with you and ask the Lord into your heart. So if you have any prayer requests, come forward as we sing this worship song together.
God. You are alive today. You are risen. Which means we can go forth from this place serving you every single day of our lives because we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God who is in the grave. We serve a God who is alive. Over the course of history's armies countries were overthrown because the general in the field was killed or the prince was overthrown or the king was captured. In that same way, we know today that we can be successful, that we can overcome this world and the pain and the suffering that's in it because you are alive today. Because you are walking with us. And not only do you walk with us, but you send with us the Holy Spirit who comes with us, who guides us and gives us wisdom at every path of our lives. and every turn that we make, he is there to guide us and direct us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming into our lives. And today we celebrate you. And we ask you as we prepare to leave forth from this place to go out into this world and and celebrate with our families and friends and to have dinners and Easter egg hunts and all these other things that go on and to celebrate this day. May we understand that all of it is possible because you are alive. You are resurrected. You are the God, the King, the Savior, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, who is not dead, who is not in a grave, but walks with us even this time and even this day. Send us forth from this place to be those that would serve you, that would be willing to give of our own lives for others because of what you have done for us. Lord, thank you for all of those things that you have blessed us with. May we turn them to you and ask you to be blessed through these things. We thank you, we glorify you, we honor you, we praise you, and we lift you high and mighty. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you understand that Jesus is alive today? So that means that next week on Sunday morning, we can have as big as a celebration on that day as what we have today. We don't have to just celebrate on Easter Sunday. We can celebrate every day because Jesus is alive. So go with that, taking that with you wherever you go, that he's with you, he's alive, and he's guiding you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Be blessed and we hope to see you again next week.